0: down Chronicles Meet your maker Well, hello podcast geeks, welcome to, to a new episode of Lowdown Magazine's very own program The Lowdown Chronicles, Media Maker um, A new series that puts the well-deserved spotlight on the people that essentially help to shape the ever-evolving pop-cultural universe as we know it In true Lowdown fashion, this illustrious circle of international guests won't be put together from one specific spectrum only but is assembled from the many tesseras the bigger picture is manufactured from which means obviously contemporary art, skateboarding, music, fashion, film, graph design, illustration, and uh, everything in between. Uh, my name is Sven Fortmann, a.k.a. 40, and I'm not only the editor-in-chief of this fine publication named Lowdown, I'm today's host as well. And with me today is Mr. Alex Flach, a.k.a. Foley. Hey, hi, Sven. A- Berlin-Urgestein, Berlin as we call it, uh, who's not only known for a strong affinity for skateboarding, photography, and uh, the left, pe- left field part of pop culture, but for making Berlin's uh, retail landscape more beautiful and more relevant, as the creative mind behind the vitally popular store named Civilist. Thank you. That's <clears throat> very kind. <laughs> um, and, and very true, actually. Um, and obviously, like to be honest with you, that feels a, like a tiny bit weird, like to sit like now opposite of you, like since basically like the two of us, like we traveled the the, the globe, so to speak. Um, as those roving reporters back uh, in the heydays of the magazine, when uh, you know, like, uh, magazine culture actually was a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. we had some uh, crazy, nice trips throughout. Yeah, mostly like Europe, but also we went to uh, Asia together and stuff went like to that. Canada. To Canada, to Canada, right there, yeah. yeah, Toronto. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's actually pretty weird sitting. Usually we were sitting next to each other. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, now I'm sitting on the other side of the desk.
0: Like, was there was there anything you you took away from from all the the traveling we did? You know, like as as trivial as it may sound, like for me, basically it almost revealed like the the secret the secret to having like a satisfying life, which basically comes down to uh, making friends and being surrounded by them. Of course, I think. Um Going back to to all the
1: trips we did together, Um, in general, I think traveling is like a really important part of this whole thing. Um, I think it put me to where I am today Mm -hmm. because, um, as you just said, um, meeting all those people, music streetwear shop owners record label owners and stuff like that right. mostly like really really creative people as well like like-minded people and i think um this goes for the whole a lot of people that i know that those trips uh, yeah somehow definitely shaped us and absolutely maybe even opened doors um in your head like of maybe Getting new ideas for like future projects, and um, so I think the whole traveling thing is one of the biggest and most influential part of the past that I have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm. Um, to be honest, nowadays that I'm running a store here,
0: this is definitely the biggest part that I'm missing. Is like those. Can trips. you imagine that? Yeah. Let I me mean, like like twenty twenty besides with all the new restrictions it's offering. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. I can. I totally hear you. Yeah. Um, like before we we start to talk about the the, the I would call it civilist empire at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's talk about like a little bit of uh, about the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we know each other uh, through the LODA magazine and. Um, you were the the photo editor there, right? Yeah, and uh, which which feels like being like a lifetime ago, basically. Absolutely, this shows somehow how old we are already. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, how 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 did this gig came together back then? Like how how did he came on board? Uh, actually,
1: like most other things in my life, um, before I was a photographer, I was like a skateboarder, pretty regular nothing like special but Mm. we had a nice crew here in berlin and yeah that was was, uh, back
0: in the west berlin days basically this
1: was even before the war came down and um like probably like two or three years before the war came down um when i started skating so it was yeah pretty pretty small famous berlin crew that got me into um yeah skateboarding and after like a few years like the war came down and all this stuff um, yeah of course my mother at a certain point said hey Alex um, it's time to do something after I finished school I had no idea mm. I was a teenager so um, yeah she said okay you can still live at home um, but it's not cool if you just skate <laughs> drink party and stuff like that mm. so I had to do something so I started like an apprenticeship As like an endurance company. And within those three years, um, yeah, I picked up a camera from my mother's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I got into like, yeah, taking pictures like really randomly. Um, Never was thinking about doing it as something for a living. So yeah, took it to skate trips, whatever, and just started to document my friends. Mm. And I remember uh, through, I think the owner back then of the skate shop, uh, California, mm-hmm. um, I heard that somehow someone was planning a magazine here in Berlin or was already doing like working on it. And yeah, they were looking for like skate content. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I remember back then I was having my own little dark room at home, doing my own prints and stuff. Um, I got introduced to uh, Thomas Marok from mm-hmm. Lowdown. And uh, so he was like, yeah, if you have any cool skate photo, uh, especially of Sammy Hariti, who was like, or still is a legend. Yeah, true. Um, I said, yeah, I have a few self-printed things. Um, so I gave him one. and It was published in, on the last page in the first issue of Lowdown. Okay. And uh, when I look at the photo right now, pretty, it's not really 100% sharp and stuff like that. <laughs> but anyways, I was super stoked. And I think I was like pretty high for like a week seeing this photo printed in a magazine. <laughs> um, yeah, and from there on, uh, this was somehow like the spark, I guess, to see your photo printed. And um, yeah, so from that point on, I kept on yeah, shooting mostly my friends in the first place. And um, yeah, that's how it kicked off.
0: Okay, and basically, obviously, as you just mentioned, like it was a no-brainer to... Since you weren't really too sure, like where this is taking you, like to basically focus on your circle of friends first, mm. because like everyone back then, you know, let this, back then actually like there were specific scenes and and subcultures, and so since since you you were very much aware of the skateboard scene back then and the 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 music scene, so you you shot a lot in this field first. Absolutely, I mean,
1: basically the camera was just. Probably the third eye, right? Which I always have with me. So, as I said, it, it was more or less like documenting my daily life. Yeah, I mean, not like super crazy going to parties and shooting like fucked up people, drunken this yeah. that, but mostly, you know, our daily life on the streets smoking weed whatever Mm. drinking um so yeah basically it was more or less a documentary of my own life and um which yeah somehow then because of a few guys in the group was like there was a higher interest in certain people that i shot so yeah i was lucky to spend yeah time with this crew um because I was the one who had
0: photos of the crew. Do do you you still have these photos or do do you just have access to the ones which got printed? Um, I have them. Uh, They're all, of course, on
1: film. So they're like basically in boxes and folders. Mm. Um, I would love to go through them because there's probably 90% of the photos that I've never seen printed Right. because we always printed or scanned the photos that we used for a magazine or a flyer or whatever so there's probably so many photos i've never seen in like big Mm. so hopefully uh i'll find some time one day like to to go through those photos because even the ones that we use for the magazine is kind of hard nowadays because they're like back then you burned photos on a cd
0: yeah, yeah, or or you, you try to save them on a the, on the side quest or something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: most of my old photos from the early days uh, with Lowdown, they're like on CDs. I have them at home, but I don't know where to put this fucking <laughs> CDs because my, my computer has no CD slot anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's actually something I really like about the whole photography thing on film. As I said before, there is so much footage that I've never seen. That maybe one day when I find the time, you know, and pick out certain folders of our trips to the UK with all those musicians or skate trips and, um,
0: yeah, print some of them. It would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess like there will be like a a surprise or two waiting for you.
1: Um, I'm 100% sure, you know, like especially like now after all these years, because when I look back when, when lowdown started and I got into photography, this is like, yeah, it's fucking 25 years nearly ago. Yeah, yeah. So those photos, they're like, I hope they're still in shape because it's like a material that, like, you know, works. So maybe the negatives yeah. and the slides after years and years, you know. So, um, yeah, but there's definitely a few surprises. Mm-hmm. Probably lots of things that I forgot, you know. Maybe yeah, yeah, even probably. photos that I shot of you while we're sleeping in this <laughs> tower in London somewhere. In the Fixed Twin Tower. Exactly,
0: yeah. yeah. And, you know, like, after what you just told, like, you, you know, like, after you finished school, like, you weren't too sure, like, which direction you should head, and then so you started to to give it a try at this insurance company and stuff, and then um, basically uh, discovered photography as a hobby, like, was when, when your mom back then, like, when she realized, like, that you're spending more and more time with the camera instead of, like, focusing on on the job, so to speak, like, uh, can you imagine, like, she wasn't necessarily happy, right? Like, was she like, oh, dude, like, like this is just a loose cannon, like, he's
1: doing um,
0: whatever he wants to? Actually,
1: I have to say, my mother, um, I grew up with my mother. Um, my parents got separated. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all fine, but I stayed with my mother when I was, when they were separating. And she was, to be honest, always, like, really supporting what I was doing, mm-hmm because I think she maybe saw maybe a sparkle in the eyes when I was doing photography instead of going to a fucking desk at an insurance company. And um, I mean, for her, she was always backing me 100%. It was more or less my dad, who was always like, as you just said, like, okay, you did these three years at this insurance company, and so this is something you hold a paper in your hand after those three years that yeah. you made this, you know, so you can work at an endurance company or whatever. And um, my father was always the one who said like, oh, come on, ex, like those photos, like no one cares. You can't <laughs> make a living with with taking pictures. And um, my mother was like always 100% like supporting this um, because I was living with her show, like she... Had a way better access to my life than mm-hmm. my father had. Um, she knew all the, the skateboarders like Sammy, because we always used to hang out at my apartment or at my house with yeah, my I remember, mother. Yeah. 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 Um, so she was like really supporting it and was always asking, like, hey, show me. And you know, when, when it got printed in a magazine, she totally understood that. Yeah, I was sticking to the camera instead of like going with a table, like office job, nine to five kind of thing. And so she also really supported that after those three years at this insurance company. Um, I finished that and I left Berlin for like six months Right. Uh, with uh, Schism. Ah, the US trip, right? Yeah, the yeah. US trip where you bought like a camper van and yeah. I bought some camera equipment back then in New York um, like a fisheye for my camera. Yeah. And um, so even that she was supporting. I saved some money, but of course she helped me out because six months in the U.S., um, you know, even if you live in a camper van, costs some money. Yeah. So she was always backing it. And even till today, like, she's... Everything I do, like, she really, really supports 100%. And, uh, yeah, so... I don't know maybe just helped me and gave me a bit more like confidence to believe and like okay let's stick to shooting photos yeah. as well because I don't know like if there would be like more pressure coming from home uh, it would be maybe
0: different but now she was 100% always down. Yeah lucky you. Yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know when when did you realize that there actually like is a is a demand for your for your photography beyond the the low on universe? <clears throat> because like it didn't take too long. Like when all of a sudden like you started to shoot like campaigns like for for certain brands or um, really like try to to get your mindset in this direction of like hey man like I have like this pile of really cool stuff like which I shot over the last years maybe I should really think about like releasing it like through a book maybe or I mean basically I
1: think back then Lowdown Magazine was. <clears throat> the best platform to have Mm. because uh, like back in the days there wasn't anything like that that's true Uh, as a print medium definitely not like in in europe maybe in the u.s and there was maybe in the u.s where some influence came from Mm. but so i think for like certain brands that advertised in the magazine um they were seeing like oh this magazine is doing some really good shit here, mm. like in all different directions, like music, skate, streetwear, whatever, fashion, Um Basically, art. they're showing,
0: showing this kind of like pop cultural universe, like besides the mainstream, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I think through that, um, they kind of were interested also in all these aspects. Hey, the photographer that works in this industry, somehow, ah, we would like to work with him as well the same goes probably for like graphic designers that mm. did shit back then um so because they were advertising in the magazine they were like okay whatever Carhart for instance like mm. hey man we have a little skate team as well um do you want to shoot some photos or vans yeah so i would say like of course it was my photos, but the platform itself, like the magazine, was more or less like somehow today would say as an agency. Mm-hmm. Because I guess 95% of all agencies in Germany or in Europe had Loder magazine laying around in their office somewhere because it was um yeah, was like very a, influential. Was it then. like a
0: definitely a point of reference? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I think this opened quite a few doors and i think like after this whole like mostly skateboarding stuff that i shot um there were also yeah requests coming in from the magazine like mm. because we have a group of friends as well like hey there is a dj here there is a band there there is a musician whatever you want to shoot them mm. and like going to a hotel have 10 minutes with whoever lemmy from motorhead or this yeah. or that and uh, yeah this was like another good yeah side step from like a skate photographer for a, a magazine that isn't only skateboarding that has all aspects in so exactly, i yeah. get the chance to shoot people that i really really like and that's when we both traveled a lot that's together true. um shooting like musicians and uh, dj's and stuff like that that i was really interested in as well um so this was also another way of documenting somehow my life as well because when we went to to London and to shoot bands like Staus from Mm. Moex back in the days I really liked the band a lot so it was great to shoot them um, because I was listening to them yeah and I think it's seeing other photographers like where that were shooting mostly skate or for skate magazines they somehow we're always only connected to the skate world while i um, had the chance through the magazine even to start some streetwear shoots. Yeah. I was never like doing this before, but like okay, if you know I can shoot skateboarders hanging out at a curb, I can, you know, give them some clothing and shoot them mm. and make it like a streetwear shoot or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So yeah, I think the the magazine was really paving the way in most lot of the directions for my personal
0: I mean, like the 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 big advantage we had back then that we we never really had to 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 do something which we were not into. So everything like we we did back then like came from this kind of fanboy perspective, which obviously makes it a lot easier to you know address people and hang out with them. You know, at their studio, in their art space, in the pub or whatever. Yeah. So this this definitely helped a lot, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this is
1: when I when I tell this now to the younger generations that I'm having around me because of doing the store and there's lots of young kids. Um, so I'm always stoked when I see young kids as well doing those those things. And um, as you totally, like 100% right what you said about doing something that we love to, where you wake up in the morning not with like, wow, my stomach hurts or exactly. something because you yeah. have to get up early again. Fuck it. It was always, even if we have to take a plane at six in the morning to London, yeah. it was for like a reason because we liked it. We knew we were going to meet like super interesting people, people that we maybe know for since then or for whatever. That's, that's, that's so, the beauty
0: of it, you know, like with obviously like not with each and everyone, um, but with a lot of the people we, we met back then, like during the like, select these 10 years, um, um, I'm still having contact with them and we're still basically like checking like how are you doing how 2020 sucks right like how you're holding on these kind of things and yeah. it's it's
1: it's it's actually pretty pretty crazy sometimes yep. because it's not only limited to like the small circle of whatever like Berlin or Germany it's like a global kind of thing exactly because <clears throat> I remember when we went to London we met people like Gareth and yeah. those, those people. And um, so that's going back to like the early questions. Um, that's why this whole thing was like so like interesting and shaped our lives because of all those people that we met, um, we are where we are right now. Because, yep. you know, it's exactly like true. that's why you're sitting here and mm-hmm. why I'm sitting here right now. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's, it's really great, and there's like, even with some people, like a long, long way looking back already on a long history. Yeah. Even if you just see them maybe once a year, you know, or maybe just via email or on the phone, um, but there's already like a quite long history with certain people that we met like 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very true. And before um, we talk about like uh, how you got involved with syllabus and stuff, I remember Like at this one time, like nothing dramatic happened, but you became like a little sick and tired of doing these kind of things like for the magazine and doing the photos and stuff. And I remember before the civilist idea was actually like popping up, like you already dipped the toe in in retail water, so to speak, like at Nürnberger Straße, like at Hickman's store, right? That's right. That's actually kind of
1: funny because now (laughs) looking back at Mm. it, um it's it feels kind of weird to be honest uh, seeing myself in Nürnberger Straße <laughs> at Soulbox <laughs> at yeah. Soulbox um i mean the to make it short i mean the connection was back then was the Nike SB thing mm. and um you know it's like i was shooting photos for Nike SB um for with the german team and i know hikmet or in, yeah I know since probably 88 or something, mm. like or 87 um, went to the same school. Um, and of course I heard of Soulbox. This was already like...
0: Yeah, it was unavoidable.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, because of my work for Nike SB as a, as a local photographer for certain ads or mm. skate tours, um, yeah, um, I was like, okay, there is no shop really. Besides like having a big shop like Tito's. Um, But that's not where Nike really wanted to go. And yeah, as you said, I was a bit tired of shooting photos and all this stuff and uh, needed something new. Mm -hmm. And actually, I don't really know 100% how the final meeting with Hikmet came together. But all of a sudden, I saw myself like pitching him the idea of, hey, let's do a little skate shop in your mm. thing because you could only get Nike SB when you wear a skate account. So um, we, I had this little extra room in Soulbox and, uh, of course, we needed to sell, like, a few boards. So we had girl skateboards because I know some people from
0: from Girl, like Rick Howard and those people. We had already fucking awesome back then. That, that's the thing. I remember, like, the, the first fucking awesome tee I ever bought actually, like, in Germany, which felt back in the days, like, felt, like, surreal almost, like, was at at Soulbox.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so, because I, uh, yeah, had the contact to Dill, um, so we got it, and, of course, there was no other shop, I think, even in in Germany Mm. selling this, but since I had the personal connection, we got a few all-over print t-shirts, jackets, and stuff like that, and also the Nike SB thing. Anyways, going back, we had a little skate corner at Sawbox, but since skateboarding back then wasn't that big as it is today, Mm. I was more or less still working in a a sneaker shop. So 85% of the day I had to deal with sneaker people because Sawbox was like a huge destination for that. Definitely. So after, I think I was there probably for eight, nine months. And um, then for me this little retail (laughs) experience was over because of the same reasons as we were talking before because i had to deal with things i wasn't really into you know i'm into like of course sneakers when it as long as it like skate connected but i wasn't really into new balance asics adidas back
0: then like sneaker sneakers like where people were camping out so it's all about like performance and technical aspects and not mm, only that mm, but
1: mm. also like the really hardcore sneaker community that was like sleeping in front of the shop for like a week that's where it all
0: started yeah exactly so
1: uh, i had to also deal with those kind of Mm. people coming in and not asking like hey do you have like independent trucks or spitfire wheels they were asking hey do you know when the next new balance whatever shoe Mm. is coming out i'm like "Mm, no not really Mm. so i didn't really want to learn about That part, you know, like when, which shoe is coming out. So I had to leave probably after, I don't know, maybe like nine months Mm. I left because it was a nice experience, but not in my own environment because it was too much sneaker and not like skate enough Mm, so but it was still it was interesting to look over like hikmet shoulders you know dealing dealing with sneaker releases where people like lining up and sleeping in front of the shop for like
0: five days those poor bastards yeah (laughs) cheers cheers
1: Ah, mm. yeah nice (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um the um, the civilist store you know it's celebrating its 11th birthday uh this december and um like even though i was you know back when when, when Hassan and you like started the store obviously like i knew both of you really really well but still like this kind of like early days like like the, i have just like a very blurry um idea like how it all happened What i still find very fascinating that actually like you both of you did this together because like it's no secret like that you were were not always like the the closest friends um so i thought like like what what's it, happening now
1: it, yeah i'm
0: looking back now
1: mm. i'm surprised as well a little bit no ah. but we know each other for like probably the guy that I know the longest, yeah. Um, since like early 80s, because we went to the same like little school or whatever you call it. I don't yeah. know. Um, so we had some issues, you know, it's like whatever that happens between friends, yeah, you know, and uh, we didn't were in contact for quite some time before this idea with the store came up again after the Hikmet soapbox <laughs> thing like years and years ago. Um, it's kind of funny because probably we, we grew up very parallel. Mm-hmm. Like even if we weren't like friends at a certain time, um, but somehow we had the same path in life. Right. Um, we're both only childs and we had mm-hmm. like, you know listening to the same music for a certain, for a very long part, and we skated together and stuff like that. So it was kind of funny to see after all those...
0: You you were both raised by your moms?
1: Exactly. So there's lots of parallels in in both of our lives that we, you know, after quite some time when we met again and talked about, like, what happened in the past and why we, you know, couldn't really deal with each other anymore, that we both had, like, somehow the, the same idea, even without spending time together for quite some time. And um, I mean, lots of coincidences like brought brought us together. But somehow we both, yeah, it seems at least like that we had the same idea of, okay, what can we do in this city where we both grew up? Mm -hmm. Um, Both working and living here and seeing where there were like parts or... Some things missing, like store wise, galleries, all these things that we saw on our like endless travels, us two. yeah, um, Berlin becoming this like super hot city in in Europe. Everybody wants to come here, like mostly for like partying and stuff. So, so yeah, when we yeah, absolutely. So we thought like, okay, when we met and talked about all these things, like, hey, maybe. In Berlin something is missing and we both had the same idea hey let's just give it a try Mm. Um, because we have all those contacts to those people from the industry in the US that we can like call up and say hey we're opening a shop or we want to open can we get your stuff and um, yeah so we thought hey let's just give it a try Um, actually I think we both were pretty sure that this is gonna work out at least in the beginning yeah because we knew like lots of our friends they were like digging for the same brands
0: and all this, you know so that, that's that's the thing you know like what you what you just mentioned you know like there there already were like a few retailers in the city um which were decent and and they offered like some some brands coming from a similar field but but it was not the thing exactly yeah i mean
1: it's it's always like weird if you talk from your own standpoint and saying yeah we knew that and we know we know only the cool people and mm. we know what people want but we were pretty sure that what we were or that the things we wanted to offer in our space um, were things that people were looking for Right? you know like small brands like no one else had but everybody knew even if it was way before like the whole Instagram shit whatever but brands like anything half DQM we all knew, mm-hmm. but there was fucking awesome as well. But there was no store for it. So you still, if you wanted to get it, you either had to go to London to whatever hideout maybe, um, or you ask your friend when he's like in New York or like, hey, can you maybe bring me a shirt from like DQM? And that's, that's, like that's, that. that's
0: the way to thing, like, you know, like we're not talking about, you know, like the store opened in the 60s where there was no internet or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, when Civilist opened, obviously, like, there was internet, but the brand, the brands you just mentioned, for some reasons, like, there never was, like, an online shop or something. I mean, there wasn't, I don't know, maybe there was, but
1: even, it sounds weird, like, talking about the time that is, like, just 11 years ago, yeah. but it feels like fucking another, like, 100 years ago, a century, Um. but you're totally right. Mm-hmm. So it was just 11 years ago, and... um there was some online stuff, but people rarely used it. Mm. I mean, at least from the people that I knew. Um, So as I said before, you could get the stuff when you have a friend traveling and this and that. But the, the, the good thing for us was like, and that's something that still happens today as everybody in, in our, like, Close circle of friends knew about these brands, but since we knew those people personally, right? And they trusted us that, like, when we called them and said, Hey, we want to open a store, do you guys want to sell us your stuff? Because those brands I was mentioning before, they were like super, super picky when it comes to yeah, yeah. where they sell their shit. So, going back to like all the traveling, because we knew those people, yeah. we met. All those guys in New York or l a or in London or on a skate trip, whatever um they trusted us, so they were like nowadays before you sell your stuff to a store, you can check instagram you they have a website, you can check what people like comment to those stores, mm. but back then it was really all based on a very personal level exactly so. Yeah dill never been to berlin or he's been once but before like yeah foley i know you of course i trust you if you open a shop i think it's a it's probably in a really good surrounding Mm. and in the opposite that's the same way how we choose nowadays stores where we sell our civilist stuff to you know it's like you know we want to know in which kind of environment we are and we were super lucky back then when uh, Hess and me, when we opened the shop that we got to know all those cool people and uh, they were all like down from the first minute because they all knew Berlin, even Mm -hmm. if they haven't been there, but they heard about it in newspapers, magazines and stuff. So um, it was a pretty tight, small little scene back then when I look back at the opening of the store and, um, but, we had like a small, fine selection of
0: brands that no one else yeah. carried in Germany. That's true. And can you remember the, the the turning point when basically the whole civilist thing um, changed from really feeling like a business instead of just feeling like an opportunity? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um. um
1: I mean, at, at, a, at a certain point, um, I think when Hesse and me, when we split up again, okay. when, he, when he left the company, like, when, when was that? At, uh, 31st of October 2014.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I that's, remember. That's, that's very specific. I, no,
1: because I, 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 we posted a photo on Instagram on that day because it was Halloween. Ah, And we all went out, like, was Marcus, Julian, I think Peggy was there, and one other guy from the store, and I think we went to a bar in Mitte, got, like, really drunk, and, uh, yeah, we posted this photo on Instagram, because I think Peggy was, like, had some painting on her face, Mm. like, uh, whatever... Um, yeah, so so that's why I remember this specific date. Okay. Um, so we got really fucked up, and yeah, then yeah, we had some issues, and he he left. Um, and from that point on, I I was getting yeah I had more responsibilities, not only like on the creative part of the thing, which was basically my part from the beginning. Not like only creative, but I'm more the person that talks to people that through traveling mm-hmm. met tons of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, when he left, uh, yeah, uh, running a shop isn't only, like, spending time in the shop and drink and this and that. There sure. is, of course, also, like, some other jobs to do, like, paperworks and this and that. So from that point on, it started to get way more serious, you know, because you have to pay the taxes and do all those paperworks and stuff like that. Yeah, it became more and more like a grown-up, like an adult life. Mm-hmm. Before it was always like, yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> and, um, and this is um, because all of a sudden you see, oh, this is not like a game anymore where you can just like, no, I don't do this anymore. I don't go to the shop. I don't open the door. You're responsible Yeah. more and more. I mean, I wasn't before, but it was on two shoulders. It's all a, dif- of a different it, thing. It's yeah. a different thing. And um, so this... In this period, I had to learn a lot, and it taught me a lot, and um, it probably changed me as well, because all of a sudden, you see things a bit more yeah, serious, because there's more attached to it than your own personal life, right. because there's people working for you. You know, they have expectations, and... They want to grow with the store as well. And it's not something where I can just say, no, today I'm not opening. I I have to be there. I have to be, yeah, I'm I'm the boss, so to speak. Mm. I don't, I'm probably not like the typical kind of boss, but of course you are responsible for like people. And it got more serious, you know, and, um, Actually, I never really wanted that because I always thought like it's always that's that's
0: the weirdest part, right?
1: It is. It is really because um, I always thought, oh, it's always like life is so easy, nice, drink with your friends, shoot Mm. some photos, sell some t-shirts. But yeah, it got of course more serious. Mm. And um,
0: I mean, obviously, that's just like like uh, theoretically, but like, what would have happened? Let's say like after half a year or whatever like when when you then have figured out like that you're actually not really comfortable like all of a sudden being the band leader so to speak good question mm. i mean i sometimes i ask myself those those questions like
1: what would happen if i would have chosen like a different direction mm. for whatever reason if it was like okay i'm it's too much for me i don't want to be this leading person in a small little company um it's it's really really hard to say um even to say like where I would be right now, mm. if I would have said like whatever like four years ago or five years ago or nearly six years ago when 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 Hesse left um where I would be right now um but of course, I think a lot about it mm. like and this is a Something I have in mind a lot of the times because um, for me personally it seems like um a daily routine is nice to have in till a certain point, but um right now, even like with, with, with doing the store and our own brand, it's like internally we're talking about okay, dude, we need to do some more, mm. something new. You know, it's like constantly like doing the same thing you know the same thing as was doing a magazine yeah, of you have a deadline okay this you need advertisements and you need this and that and this and this is always back and forth back and forth like groundhog day kind of thing <laughs> yeah in in a way you know it's because, because it's, it's yeah. always repeating even if you in between like shoot or interview different kind of people but There is like a routine, you know, okay, the deadline is on that. I have to finish this. For me, it's the same thing with like, okay, I have to order this brand, that brand, because there's a deadline and then there's new stuff. Then you post the stuff. It's always the same thing. You get really into a routine. I can say for myself, like the first couple of seasons, I was like Mm. super hyped always seeing the new lookbook or catalog from a brand. Right. Now it's more or less like, oh. Dude, it's already like three months ago when we ordered the last time. Mm. Another hundred and eighty page PDF file and going through like, do we take this t-shirt or that t-shirt? So that's why in, in in my case with the store, it's really good to have younger people there.
0: Yeah. Because they're really into this shit. They I, mean, I mean like like referring to the target group you're you're about to to hit, like obviously that's essential. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And but this is also something
1: you, you I think and this goes for a lot of people you have to learn and accept for yourself that like I'm definitely not the target group anymore mm. from what I'm selling in my shop of course I wear shoes as well but I'm not <laughs> lining up yeah <laughs> <definitely>, <laughs> absolutely but um when I'm sitting in front of a like catalog with 180 pages with t-shirts and mm. this and that um I'm really really thankful that I have all those people working with me in the shop where they say "Ah, i like this one yeah let's take this color i always go for the black and white color you know some some like the younger kids like hey take the whatever like beige t-shirt or Mm. take the green or the red or the blue and i'm like yeah okay i mean i'm not the one you know i wear black and white but please do mm. so be honest don't be shy i'm not the boss and i'm not like ripping your head off if like a certain t-shirt color doesn't sell mm. but i need this input and i think this is for for the business we're working or i'm working with the with the shop really really important you know because i know shops from back in the days that haven't like you know Living up and changing
0: because there's a new generation coming i mean obviously like in, in, it is to a certain degree like this this kind of like evolution happens naturally usually mm-hmm. but when obviously like when there's business involved, that's a different thing like then you you really you you just can't let it happen that easily sometimes
1: exactly, yeah. but that's why I think it's really important that you surround yourself with a good group of people that, you know, work with you, whatever project that is. Um, Because I think for some people that I, that work with me and at civilist, I teach them some stuff because I'm older, Mm. but they also teach me some stuff that it's like really, really necessary sometimes to, to let go, you know, Mm when it comes to certain things in the shop because they're way more experienced what's happening right now on the streets because they're like still skating and this and that um and i'm really really lucky that i have those people around our shop that you know i can easily ask like hey should we order this because i i'm like i wouldn't probably but i learned from them they're like hey let's let's go for this one yeah. and this helps me as well a lot and takes some like you know, pressure of me because I want to have the shop being around for a couple more years, um, and that's why it's important if you have like a good crew of people
0: and you believe in them and you trust them. So, um, I mean, like that's that's the crucial point. I mean, when it comes to 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 a store like Civilist, um, regardless of your age, I think, and regardless of your gender, you you feel like that. You're not just entering a store. It's more like that you're entering like a like a clubhouse, basically, which is then guided in this case like like by you.
1: Yeah, um, it is. Mm. <laughs> Even that sometimes it's like being the oldest in the whole crew. Mm. Uh, sometimes, yeah, pretty. Mm pretty hard <laughs> because they're like <laughs> half my age and they're like have the, all this energy and they want to drink this, that and I'm like, yeah, relax, chill um, but that's always what we wanted uh, to achieve and that, that's what we tried since day one to make this place more or less like a modern kind of a youth club mm. um, right now because of the whole situation it's a bit tougher yeah. um, but um it was back then when we opened the shop, when I saw you guys like three, four days a week, you know, now you and all like my older uh, friends, they have their families, their businesses. So, uh, and the time is pretty tight. Um, So there's now, of course, like I think two new generations there in the Mm. shop and, even if I'm like sometimes like really like pissed because they always come there and they don't really see that we have stuff to do, even that there is no one in the shop. Mm. I kind of totally understand and I kind of love it because you, I was you, you, the same. That's the thing, was, like, You would
0: have done the very same thing like 20 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: at least you have to try it. Even if it's hard, you know, sometimes you have to say to yourself, hey, fuck it, it's whatever. <laughs> They're here. I mean, you, you know, maybe some of those guys will maybe not ending in or working in retail in the future but i see so much potential with all these and it's super nice to give them like a platform and i connected a lot of people already with some brands or with like an agency and it's really nice to see how they evolve because Um, some. are
0: are, are you talking about the the brunnen boys or yeah exactly Uh,
1: like the boys of brunnen so to speak like there's so much potential um and all these things like even with the boys of brunnen i mean this was just like a fucking hashtag that we used and um you know all of a sudden like after half a year or like a year like there was like this agency or this magazine hitting us up like hey like those boys of brunnen because they're all like pretty cute good looking (laughs) guys you know um they were like, hey, yeah, we need some people to shoot for like a campaign or for an article and stuff. And we heard about the boys of Brunnen. Mm. And it's so funny to see how you you know, this was just happening naturally as a hashtag for like a photo. And yeah, especially out of this group, there's so many talented young kids mm. or yeah you know, twins or whatever, how old they are. Um and it's really, really nice to see how they now at the early beginning of their life, paving their way through right. being a photographer or doing a own label or getting into music or design. Um, and this really makes me happy. And this is something that, yeah, is really, really essential for the store. And I think this is something that separates our shop. Um, also on these days with like the whole COVID thing, mm from lots of other shops because it's not like like a place where you just go take this five euros buy it's more or less like people hang come out. To, yeah. they the hangout. They hang out, they get like rip tape for free of course, mm. you know, and then and this is something that we always wanted to achieve. And when you look at other cities or other shops, this is actually like a pretty good concept. Mm-hmm. Um Because all the brands and stores that I look up to or inspired by, Mm. they did the same. If it was back in the day when it was like the Supreme Shop. Exactly. You know, like there were always people hanging out there. Unfortunately, nowadays they can't really do it anymore because it's... (laughs) This is over, man. It's it's (laughs) over, but... I remember like how it used to be when they were hanging out in front of the shop in New York and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And this was something back then when we were there, we did the same thing when we came to New York. When I was there for like six months in the U S yeah, I go to the shop, talk to the people. Mm-hmm. They can tell you where a nice pizza spot is and this and that. And so I think this is a pretty, pretty good concept to, to do, Yeah, you know, working more as a, club
0: as, like, just a regular store. Yeah. Like, when, when it comes to, to the Civilist in-house brand, I mean, like, it already started when, when Hesse was still on board. Um, what's the, what's the, the, the vision, so to speak, like, with, with Civilist as a brand? And would you say, like, that... I was always wondering, like, like, Civilist, like, at this point, is, like, really well-known internationally. Um, is it because of suddenly also put more focus on the in-house brand as well, or what? What was the what was what, what was the magic there? Um,
1: yeah, that's pretty pretty interesting question. Where also like sometimes think about okay how we manage this, but I think this goes back to the question before because we were always like an open house for. Mm-hmm. All people that came to Berlin, like skateboarders from all over the world, when they came to Berlin, they came to our shop.
0: But uh, that's that's yes. the thing. Like, I mean, uh, like you're not a, like a like a core store, so to speak. You know,
1: absolutely. Uh. But um, it's because even that we're not a core store. Of course, like in the last few years, we focused more on like hardware as well. Um, but since our background isn't skateboarding, as a photographer for mm. magazines doing the shop for quite some time, knowing the right people, doing collaborations with, like, Vans Syndicate back then, with Nike SB. Um, Then, of course, like, when the whole social media thing, you know, like, started to get bigger and bigger and, like, people could easily check before they came to, like, Germany, like, hey, or Berlin, where should we go? Um, I think this goes a bit hand-in-hand with, like, we thought that... We got more and more like international feedback as well because of people coming to Berlin. Then the collaborations. And of course, we had so many ideas because we're selling clothing that we can like, oh, man, we should do a T-shirt with this and that. So mm. I remember back in the days when we, when we started, we had mostly like blank T-shirts with Damn. nothing on it. Exactly true. we're still working with the same factories and stuff like that but of course we decided hey if we sell t-shirts it would be cool if there, were if there would be somehow our name visible so that people when they go skate or wear it that they see oh that's a nice shirt oh it's civilist so I think these things go go hand in hand we have touched a million t-shirts by selling them for other brands so of course we were 100% sure that this is another like business we want to do the shop and then of course our own brand and i think we were quite right with this decision because now seeing where how many shops we're selling to and um seeing with all the collaborations we did like just especially recently the nike sb shoe yeah and this lifted us of course to like a whole new group of people because sbs are so hype the Dunks. Um, so this definitely helps our own brand as well. Mm-hmm. And um of course when we sell our clothing to a shop in like whatever South Korea or Tokyo and people wearing like a civilist t shirt in Tokyo, other people like that maybe never heard of us seen us, you know, like a civilist shirt. Maybe they go on Google or they ask mm-hmm. the guy or they like the design, whatever. So I think these things go go hand in hand. But for us it was a hundred percent decision pro doing our own clothing Mm -hmm. and also like selling it to other shops because as I said before like we know from our past how brands like Supreme started as a store selling like store t-shirts look where they are now you know and of course it was like a no brainer to decide like hey let's go away from like just blank t-shirts and do, like, designs, then do a hoodie, do bags, socks, and all these things. Um, This was just, like, a natural thing, because the shop itself was working. So we were like, okay, what else could we do? Right, yeah. I mean, it's sometimes weird, because I'm a part of civilist, Mm -hmm. and um, sometimes I try to step away to have, like, a look... to the shop or the, to the brand or mm. to the label or whatever you want to call it from the outside to see like, okay, where are we standing? I mean, of course, I can somehow see and get feedback through social media because it got, this got way more easier nowadays to get direct feedback yeah, sure. with whatever you do. If you post a photo of a certain product or if it's your own product or whatever, um, so you get feedback right away. Um, but I think, and this is still like... One of the jobs that we have to do, really, really, yeah, with hundred percent, yeah, focus on is finding always like new brands as well that no one else carries, but everybody knows of because of social media. Like right now, like we, I'm in contact with like two or three brands that the people in like the core skate world know, but. There is a potential within these brands that they could be also bigger and be also for a wider audience, so like those kind of brands we're always trying to to dig out and um it's more or less like a curation <laughs> yeah, um, exactly, exactly yeah so why should someone from whatever Neukölln or from wherever should go to Mitte? And come to our shop if it's stuff that is available everywhere. I mean, of course, it's available online. You know, you can yeah. buy a shirt from a certain website in wherever. But some of them maybe want to have the experience and come to the shop. So I think this is something that keeps us all for quite some time on a on a pretty good level because we always find those at least till today uh those like small cool brands that have potential and where we see oh it's not only bought by regular customers that come in by accident but also by you know like the core people they're like fuck yeah now they got this brand um and i think this is something that is really really important that keeps civilist as a shop always like you know I don't know really like a word for it fresh or whatever you want to call it <laughs> Real. Yeah, that, yeah no that but mm. you know like I see when I tell those younger like our crew when they come to the shop and I tell them like hey we are in contact with this brand and we will get this for the shop and they're like yeah fuck man that's mm-hmm. so nice because <laughs> I've seen this in New York like a few guys were wearing it and I love it mm. and this is always like a really nice feeling because you know they can buy it online if they want to but the people and the kids in our shop, they rather buy it in our shop. So they're super stoked. Mm. And I also asked these young kids, like, hey, where is a new brand that we maybe should carry that separates us from all the other shops? Right. So um, I think this is like a really, really important thing, but also goes then back to what I said earlier, that you need to have the right people because since I'm the oldest one in this group, like, my interests maybe like shift more towards oh I want to live in nature maybe someday <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> so you need the right people that have still also the same passion about or oh, like skateboarding, yeah, this is a brand that no one else got, yeah, you know how this if yeah, if it's not really available for for the whole world, then it's the demand gets like bigger and bigger, mm. and, you know, so I think this is something that keeps us you know on a, on a, on a quite good level. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so, man. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's, uh, (laughs) it's, it's interesting because I mean, right now we're in a really crazy stage here in this, on this whole
0: planet, you know, Mm. and it's, uh, that's, that's the thing, you know, like what, what you mentioned earlier, like that, um, obviously like everything is available for everyone like 24 seven. Um, but you need to to create this kind of like experience like through the store and through the people who work there and stuff that people really would love to to go there like a second or third time or whatever yeah and um now in times like where these kind of things are not that easy anymore because of the restrictions and because obviously like uh, uh a place like Berlin like is suffering from the lack of of tourists um because of the travel ban and shit um. So, so, what what do you think about like the the, the forthcoming year? What what has it in stock for you?
1: Um, I mean, knock on wood. Luckily, like we weren't that crazy affected through the whole like pandemic thing, mm-hmm. as probably yeah, all the nightclub businesses and bars and restaurants and stuff like that. Because skateboarding is very stable at the mm. moment. Um, But you're totally right. And um, uh, since we can't really predict what's what's coming next year, what I somehow think is that people, and I mean, luckily we did this already in the last 11 years, I think the local aspect gets more and more important again in the future. Mm. And this goes, you know, our shop is a hangout spot. And, you know, back in the days, of course, we did more exhibitions and showed videos and stuff like that. Um, But just in general, it's getting more and more local because who knows when we can travel again, like regularly. Yeah, sure. When is the chance to go to, to LA again without wearing a mask, going to a restaurant or walking down the street? Mm. So I think somehow I'm very positive when it comes to our shop, and you're totally right. Like the millions of tourists, they're definitely like missing and stuff like that. Um, still, there is lots of people coming. Um, just for for us here um, in in Berlin, we think that it's definitely getting everything. Everything is global, as you said. You can buy shit. 24 7 whenever you want if you wake up in the night you can order a shirt from tokyo or mexico whatever but i think in general like people getting more and more back like to more local things when it comes this whole food movement about like getting more like local stuff it's like vegetables this that whatever um so i'm 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 positive for, for the next year. I can't really say what's happening. I mean, for us, we have lots of things coming up with the store and the brand. It's like, um, like, like collabs in the yeah, pipeline, right? Some, yeah. some collaborations mm. um, which were supposed to happen earlier, but, you know, mm. like it it is as it is. And um, we have, yeah, some ideas of maybe, yeah, expanding you know doing something more for the local community if it is like a park an <laughs> indoor skate park or another place where they can hang out like a modern youth club or yeah. there there isn't anything like confirmed or but these are things that I have in mind now especially seeing the winter is coming it's not cold but it's dark early it's cold you know and you know, do something for, for the next generations and giving them another platform instead of just hanging out in the shop all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um So yeah, for next year, let's see. I mean, the shop is, is doing okay. The brand is doing better and better. So we might expand on, on this. Um, but for all the rest, I think we just, yeah, let it go. Like as I did mostly uh, in my life, things happen by accident you know, sometimes you run into a person that you weren't expecting, and all of a sudden, you connect. And out of this, there is a new idea developing and stuff That's like exactly that. True. So, um, I th- I, at least I try to keep this for myself instead of like overthink everything too much. Yeah. Because most things came definitely differently from what I've thought they will mm. be. So, yeah, just yeah, let it go and uh, see what happens.
0: Yeah. Alex, thank you so much for for uh, having spent some time with us here.
1: Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, I really enjoyed. I need more beer now, and maybe another. You, like, you will you will have a lot more in a minute, and, man. Uh, <laughs> no, definitely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was uh,
0: uh, was really a pleasure. Good. Pleasure to have you. And then uh, I guess we see each other anytime soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Till so then, All right. Bye.